Ooh, 50 minutes in. Here we go. <laughs> I am sorry, listeners who prefer a short episode. This is not this that This ain't one. it. <laughs> It's Tuesday again, David. Sure is. Our, our editing, no, our recording schedules are very weird right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I unfortunately had to partake in a viewing of the first episode of uh, the new season of The Bachelorette oh, last evening. Oh, that's the good one, um, right? I don't know. People like the, do people like The Bachelor or The Bachelorette more? I don't even know. I'm not aware of the fandom's thoughts about which one is better. Sure. They're, they both seem to be a similar level of trashy. Uh mm. But uh, yeah, there was about six people at my house last night all watching The Bachelorette, and I thought that, you know, that might not be the best background noise for a podcast, <laughs> screaming and judging dudes. Yeah, sounds about right. Who who do need judging, I will say. I mean, if you're going to go on TV, that's kind of what, you're probably you know what's going to happen. You're, pro- you're probably a nasty boy. You're probably a nasty boy anyways. Yeah. So just get out there. Um. So anyway, yeah, our uh, our our normal uh, schedule has been a sort sort of a skew on the recording, and we're bringing this weird, fun, hot Tuesday energy mm. to the podcast. Hot Tuesday. Mm. What a day. <laughs> Big day. We just looked at cars, well, Chevy Volt, before we recorded, and then we made an album cover out of <laughs> David's dad. My dad looking so hard in front of Pretty a herd hard. of goats. Yep. Pretty hard. So that's sort of our our thing. How are you doing, listener? Yeah. Yeah, we we're 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 in a very strange headspace right now. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that. But hey, welcome to this podcast. This one's called uh, Video Game Podtimism. It's the Optimist Video Game Variety Show, where two best friends talk about the wonderful world of gaming. Uh, I happen to be called Chase, and yeah. many people call me Dave. Oh, I like the mystery around that one. Many people call you David. <laughs> there might be some who don't, some though. Don't. I feel like is sort of the the implication there. I'm just playing who don't call me David. You know that. What do they call you? I can't speak these names. I can't speak these <laughs> unspeakable names. <laughs> They're not made by human tongue. <laughs> Dave, or perhaps Dave. Dave Mos. <laughs> Dave <-um. laughs> God. Hello, hey. Uh what's what's up? What's up video games? What's up video games? What's up? What's up video games? Uh you you play those? I do. My brain is on fire. I apologize. That's <laughs> English is not working for me so good. I do I do play those video games. I and um, I have been playing them as well. Regale me with tales of your video game conquests, David. Oh, that's beautiful. Thanks. I've still been mucking around in Haiti. Yeah, you've been hanging out in the underworld. I uh, get that. Still, yeah, still lots of good interactions. The packs make it so fun to keep playing through. I just still need it to does. figure out what is going to happen between Olympus and the House of Hades. What? How does that resolve? And then also yeah. How does the the love between uh, Eurydice and Orpheus resolve? Mm. Also, mm. how do I get these last two secret weapon forms? I think I had to look a few of them up, if I remember correctly. Like, I don't really yeah. know how to do these. I've done, I've done, I think everything. I've gotten how, how do four I of six so far. Which, uh, which of the ones have you gotten? I've gotten. Uh, okay, spoilers. Yes, spoilers, spoil- about spoilers for, for the hidden Hades, aspects, for the yep, hidden aspects yep. of the weapons in Hades. Yes, I've gotten the sh- Beowulf's shield. Okay, I've gotten Guan Yu's spear. Yep, I've gotten um, Excalibur. I like. I love Excalibur. Excalibur, that so one's good. fucking good. It feels real OP. Yeah, I feel unstoppable OP. with that one. Like, yeah, just you cannot hit me. Yeah, I felt the same way with Beowulf's shield. I was just 
unfuckwinnable. Yeah. yeah. And I got the, uh, I got Lucifer's gun. Oh, I don't think I got that one. You what is it? It's like perk. Uh, you fire like a laser beam. No, I definitely did not get that one. You didn't that get one. that one? No, no. It's, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. It's like, this is, this is the weapon Lucifer used to rebel against his God, his father. Like, Hell I'm like yeah. yeah, this is Satan's gun. Hell yeah. It's like this angelic thing. <laughs> it's got like a face on it with a little halo over it. And it just fires, Ooh, a, it fires a big old laser beam. I forget That's what its so alt good. fire was, but it was, it's pretty fun. It's a pretty yeah. fun one. So I still need the bow and the fists. Hell yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. You're, I'm assuming you're still enjoying this game given that you're still playing it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm still enjoying it. But at this point, I feel like my desire to keep playing is just to get these last like couple of things off the mm-hmm. checklist at this point. So it's it's waning a little bit, but sure, it's still it's still real fun. I mean, it's it's shocking that it, it's able to command this much interest this long. Yeah, like, truly. It's not like when when you were going through your like divinity run, it's like, well, I got through this part of the story. There's a new thing happening each time. Yeah. And like that happens a little bit with Hades, but like so much of it is just playing the video game. And it's every time you're still just like, yeah, it's it's very good. Just still do feels it again. phenomenal. Just yeah. do it again. I've gotten to the part where they're like, hey, if you want to just like give some resources to this guy in your dad's room, he'll just like <laughs> give you a better position. That does nothing. It'll yeah, just like yeah. give you a better title, essentially. And that's it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, <laughs> I really feel like I'm scraping at the bottom of the barrel of the of the rewards <laughs> for the game at this point. Sure. So, yeah. But but there's still some good stuff in there, I can feel. Yeah. Um. So that's still fun. Nice. And then some new stuff, baby. Talk to me. Some Tell me. Stuff. Tell me. Spill the video game tea, Spill in that tea. It's Earl Grey. <laughs> it's delicious. The Witness. The Witness. Whoa. I was really not expecting that answer. The Witness. That is nearly as shocking as Final Fight last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you yeah. didn't expect that. You didn't expect that. You didn't expect this one. No one expects the fa- the Spanish Inquisition, right? <laughs> Nor the witness. Nor the witness. Um, um, why? Why? What drove you to play the witness? It was one of those free games on PlayStation. Oh, sure, okay. And I felt like it would be a fun game to play with Mallory because it's just like puzzles. Yeah, yeah. So you can really play that with with two players. But man, this Do you game wanna... hard. Yeah, dude, the witness is fucking difficult. Do you do you want to explain like what this game is? Because it is a little bit less known. Yeah, so it's a it's a third person puzzle game, or not third person, first person puzzle game. Yeah, I apologize. Um, And essentially, the the point of the game is you go around and you can really only do one thing, which is interact with these like puzzle boards around the world. Uh And then like it's it's I don't the best way for me to explain it is that there's this game on phones. And iPads called Flow that I love. It's like okay. one of my favorite games. It's just like connecting, connecting via a line, two yeah. spots on a on a grid. Okay. And there's different stipulations to how you can interact with the grid and make that line through. So, and there's another one where it's like, oh, you have to get your line to touch all these certain dots along the grid before you get it to its end point. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes they'll give you like three or four different starting positions you can go to and then three or four different ending positions you can go to and it just say, figure it out. Yeah. So it starts off really easy. Just like start from point A to point B, none of that extra stuff, but then mm. it gradually just like ramps up the difficulty as you go on. Yeah. Um, and then all these different boards, these grids once you figure it out, unlock something else in the world, like either a yep. door or um, the next puzzle in this grid that you're like going through. Yeah. Um, and there's just like a bunch of different little biomes in it. There's like a castle-y biome, like a ruin biome. There's a autumnal biome. There's a like cabin by the sea biome. 
yeah that you're in but really it's just about the puzzles just these grid these grid mm-hmm. puzzles but it's pretty fun yeah you know it's tough which is which is good I, I, I can't do a puzzle game that's easy yeah it doesn't feel I need that sense of accomplishment afterwards where I'm just mm-hmm. like I don't know at all what I'm doing and then you figure it out and you're like I'm the smartest boy in the world <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah that was fun it was fun to play it with Mallory where we're just kind of sitting on the couch like what the fuck do we do <laughs> here yeah. Yeah, but yeah, tough game. But I'm I'm looking forward to to beating it. And yeah. there are some things that I did. I'm just like I don't know why this worked, but it worked <laughs> for sure. So sometimes you feel like a like an idiot genius. Um, <laughs> so it's it's a good one, and the the visuals are pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's it's really just it's just a bunch of different puzzles in a 3D first person world. It doesn't really yep. need to be 3D first person for for the most part, but it just makes it a little bit more interesting that there's like sure. this mysterious world that you're in. Yeah. So that was good. Cool. Um, what else have I been playing? Hold on. There's a couple more. Disco Elysium. Whoa, again, another shocker. Yeah. Um, where are you playing this? What what system? PlayStation 5. Okay, cool. How far into it are you? <laughs> I've got I, I've got no idea. <laughs> I okay, mean sure. I've played How... it for like seven or eight hours now. Okay, maybe? so yeah, you're you're playing the video game. So I'm in there. Like I I, I it's pretty fun. I'm very confused as to still <laughs> how to play the game and yeah. like what exactly I'm supposed to be doing. But yeah, it's kind of nice to just take the like kid gloves off and for a game just to let you kind of wander around and do whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like now that I've talked to more people and I've seen more things, I'm starting to get a good idea of what it is I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. But I feel like that might be their point in the beginning. Uh-huh. Because it is a yeah. role-playing game, and you're this drunken amnesiac cop who's really <laughs> yeah. not who's supposed to be disoriented. Yeah. So it does a, good, a pretty good job at making me feel a bit very disoriented in this world, yeah, and yeah. just kind of figuring things out piece by piece slowly. Yeah, but yeah, that's really very interesting game very interesting yeah it does it i feel like it does a lot and i i was interested to see like what you would think about this game because you do like this sort of like open-ended rpg sort of stuff yeah um, i do i do like that and like disco elysium like for those who haven't played it it's just essentially like a like a crpg the like sort of top down almost isometric, isometric yeah rpg and like there's not really like combat like there is in like divinity or like wasteland or something like that or mm-hmm. fallout or anything like that it's definitely more like you can you can fight people, but it's not like a, a combat system. It's a lot of like dice rolls and a lot of like just checks against your skills to see kind of like how you play out any given situation. Mm-hmm. And like you said, yeah, you play like a cop is just like trying to solve some some mysteries. Yeah, yeah, you're trying to solve a murder at first. Then like you you have it has this undertone of like mental illness almost. Yeah. So your brain is constantly talking to you about these like intrusive thoughts that just butt into conversations that you have mm-hmm. to converse with. And sometimes you'll like, like the, the, the weirdest part of this game to me was like, I read a book and then died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shit like that happens. It's definitely <laughs> it's like, what like the fuck Reading was that? a book. Like I'm, and in most games, it's like, oh, you read a book, you get a skill point or something like that, or you improve, yeah. and it's just a little bit of fluff, like dialogue, and then you're good. Mm-hmm. But this is like this whole entire interactive, like tree of dialogue and different mm-hmm. ways that you can go and interact with this book story, yeah. and it, the way that the, how it, it it unfolds has to do with like what your skill points are in, like vastly changes how you game the play the game too. Oh, like totally the the differences in how people have played this, I've seen like totally different outcomes and like how it plays and like just entirely different video games depending on how you play yeah it's it's crazy so i'm interested to see how long it takes me to beat this game and if i'd be interested in playing it again as a very different like build yeah um because i can just tell that there's my build right now is like a a nerdy like detective kind of guy like big brain Mm -hmm. detective boy 
yeah. but has like no charisma or charm or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, I, I feel like Monk. Have you ever watched that show? A little bit. Yeah. I do know what you're talking it's about. Kinda, it's kind of who I'm trying to role play as. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tony Shalhoub. I'm Shalhoub in it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really, I've never played a game like this before. No. Yeah, definitely. It's it, really, really unique. It's a gi- gigantic breath of fresh air and it's just kind of a nice story driven game to play like at night when you're not ready for like Rocket League or um, like a <laughs> yeah. Sekiro or some shit like that where you're just like, <gasps> like can't breathe because things are so tense sometimes. <laughs> but, so you know, interesting. Sometimes, but sometimes a book will fucking kill you in this game. So <laughs> who knows? I This is so interesting because like I feel more relaxed playing Sekiro than I do playing Disco Elysium. That's wild. I, <laughs> That's I think wild there's like, to me. Well, because like with with games that are hard like that, initially it's not, right? Like if you're, it's the first time you're playing Sekiro and you're like, God, okay. this game is fucking difficult. I see what you're saying. But like when I'm playing Disco Elysium, I constantly have just like choice paralysis of like, <laughs> what am I doing? What like, what am I supposed to be doing? Am I doing this right? Like, or even worse, I'll like sort of get to a point and be like, I don't know what the fuck to do. Like, mm. I, I know that there's a thing I need to do and I don't oh, know how to do it. You know what it is? What's this that? game ain't for ding boys. No, absolutely not, dude. It's <laughs> you absolutely like need to be in it and just sort of like experiencing the world exactly. and like you just observing gotta, you just gotta what's let it happening. happen to you. Yeah. You know? And like that's a very stressful experience <laughs> for me for whatever reason. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. It definitely, there is definitely an element of not being in control with this game. Like I tried to talk to these kids who were throwing a stone at this, <laughs> yeah. at this body. The dead body, yeah. And I died yeah. because my morale got so low and I didn't have any, <laughs> this kid killed me because oh my he just God. like totally emasculated me in front of everybody who was, I guess, living around there. I was like watching. Yeah. So that was, I've never died that way in a video game before. That was interesting. That's hilarious. Yeah, it was wild. It's It definitely seems like it is swinging for the fence with a lot of this shit. And I think like that part of it is so cool. Mm-hmm. And like, like you said, I've never played a video game like Disco Elysium. Yeah. And like the way that they do role playing is so interesting. Like you were saying with like com- having conversations with yourself of like, kind of battling back and forth of like well this part of my brain thinks that and well but this part of my brain just did a skill check and now i'm very convinced that i actually do need to support this or, or shit like exactly, that like yeah it's so specific in such a, an interesting way to like portray inner dialogue within a character that isn't like voiced mm-hmm, you know because mm-hmm. like so often in these rpgs like and this isn't a bad thing i like this like in mass effect you're essentially like on one of three rails at any given point right mm-hmm. but this one's so so different and like minor choices that you make will really like jut your interpretation or your character's interpretation off in one direction like yeah it's so nuts and so wild like that yeah that part of it seems like a a really cool way to do role playing mm-hmm. that i haven't seen before um but yeah. to me that is absolutely overwhelming <laughs> yeah not something i can do before bed yeah it, it really is more akin to like playing a very specific type or like a like a like if, if a dungeon master decided i'm just going to take like the system of one of these tabletop rpgs and just like make my own world around it yeah and then it's just like they've you know automated that essentially yeah it's pretty cool it's it's interesting because it does seem like the the world feels very like kind of tabletopy right mm-hmm. like talking to other people and stuff like that but it like i was saying it's interesting that they have made the 
the inner dialogue part also tabletopy. Yeah. It would be yeah. like as if the in real life you had a DM who was DMing your world and then you had a, a separate person who you like leaned over who's Just also bring in your ear. It was like DMing your <laughs> character specifically. Like yeah. they're like, "Hey, you should roll to see if you want to like use violence in this situation." <laughs> Like that sort of stuff is like it's it's got like both ends of this tabletop. It's interesting. It's so good. Oh god, it's pretty. It's so dryly funny as well. Yeah, sometimes. no, it is very funny. Yeah, you could go around and just like kick or punch inanimate objects, and it mm-hmm. will hurt you. But if you do that <laughs> enough, then you unlock like a dial, uh, like a a thought, right? Which is like, <laughs> oh god, the inanimate object, like defense force or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so weird yeah and then one time i kicked a a mailbox right mm-hmm. and i hurt my toe yeah and then the, and it described the mailbox as like the mailbox looks sad that you kicked it or something <laughs> like that and then i go back and i like pat the mailbox on the top of the head like nicely yeah <laughs> and, and it said the narrator said the mailbox does not respond to your psychopathic manipulations <laughs> It's really good, yeah. That is such a unique dialogue bit in a game. It's it's very it feels very like human. Like there's a person on the other end of this, like responding to what you're doing. It's totally true though. That is a psychopathic yeah. manipulation for me to <laughs> yes. engage in. Like kick something yeah. and then be like, oh, I love you. They saw right <laughs> through me. It just reflected a black mirror straight up to my face right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good game. Yeah. And last thing I've been playing, I remembered now, Gauntlet Slayer Edition. <laughs> Let's go. Hell yeah. This is the one you had texted me about that's like five bucks on the PlayStation Store. five bucks. Yeah. So I was like, that's eh, worth a flyer. Sure. Gauntlet, for anybody who's not familiar... Uh, another kind of top-down isometric type, kind of an RPG, but very kind much of a brawler. M- yeah, very much more like a brawler kind of style. Very much more combat-driven. Yeah, um, yeah. than a Disco Elysium, of course. Definitely. So you're going through these levels, right, where you're there's just hordes of enemies coming at you, mm-hmm. uh, and you have to fight battle through them. You collect gold, and you use the gold to buy new weapons or power-ups or what have you. So I got this one because it felt like a good game to play with Mal. Yeah. Um, and it was. She she really enjoyed oh, it. Nice. I was a mage and she was a Valkyrie. It was fun. Mindless kind of mindless fun. Yeah. Right. Got pretty difficult though there at the end. So I mean, if you're trying to hop in on a game sesh, we could use a warrior. Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying. I'm about it. That's good. Sick. Are those the video games you're playing? That's pretty much it. Yeah. Have you been playing anything with Valkyries in it? Um. Let's see. Not that I know of. Mm. Um. No Valkyries in these for me. However. I have been playing a lot of video games. I don't know if this is just what happens when we record on Tuesdays, but like, it feels like I have so many video games that I need to tell you about that I've been playing. <laughs> there you are really always have quite the laundry list. Yeah, I don't know what my my problem is, but you make me really. feel like a B gamer. What? Why? Because <laughs> you always have all these deep cuts of video games to bring into the cast. And I'm like, I'm so just playing Hades. <laughs> That's a valid thing. It's video game optimism, David. I'm not here to fucking judge your your video game consumption. We're just here to like demonstrate how to like podtomistically talk about a video game. I need to I need to stop judging myself. Yeah, I practice some self video game love. Absolutely. Let's do some self video game affirmations. Okay. Um I am enough as a gamer. I am enough as a gamer. (laughs) Um I am a ding boy and that's okay. I am a you, ding. I'm not a ding boy. Yeah, you, that's fine. <laughs> you don't have to say that one. That's just for I'm me. A, I'm a button mashing boy, and that's okay. And that's okay. I'm a gauntlet uh, boy. 
Yeah, I have a problem and buy new video games and bring those to the show whenever this, this show happens and that's okay. I did buy two new video games this past week so I think I, I qualify for that one as well. Yeah, hell yeah. So I've been playing Mass Effect still as it turns out. Two or three now. I am now in three. Ooh. I've made it to Mass Effect 3. This game is so good. It's so good. Okay, so I beat two. That was cool. Did everybody survive? Everybody survived, thank fucking God. I must have just fucked up the last one because I remember losing a lot of people in that run. The only one Um, I lost was Morden, and it gave no explanation why. I think, so I've unfortunately been looking at guides because I can't emotionally stomach losing anybody right now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I think- the game like definitely tries to get Morden. They they online they're saying like he's the most susceptible to like being killed. That's in messed the, up, in man. The, yeah, he's the home. He's, I mean, he's like kind of a squishy little lizard dude. Yeah, so uh, yeah, let me let me just preface this a little bit because I will be doing a little bit of talk about some of the like characters in Mass Effect Two and Three. Um, so if you don't want any of that spoiled, probably skip ahead a few minutes. Um, because I do want to talk about a few of them. Namely, mm-hmm. um, Legion is so fucking cool oh he's the coolest in mass dude. effect too oh he's my so cool. god like again assassin robot he's like it's just so interesting like i again i'm i'm just i was such a dipshit when i played this the first time i can't believe <laughs> how little of this stuff i absorbed I, like, I do remember in high school trying to talk to you about this game and how it was so cool and you just like were like nope didn't get any of that i'm like i what? <laughs> i agreed with you i did like this video game but i think i was operating on just like a vibe and an emotional level to the game rather than like you context were play- you were playing it like kingdom hearts absolutely yeah mm. like i just wanted to hear simple and clean be played <laughs> and to like see mass effect and like Shepherd. simple and clean techno version space techno version <laughs> simple and clean sung by space racist ashley <laughs> yeah that's real yeah yeah it's real um so legion is like what do they call it a platform for the geth mm-hmm. oh my god just every explanation about the geth is so fucking cool where you like so you meet him on some uh mission against the collectors in the second one his entrance is really badass isn't it yeah he's like sniping dudes behind you he's sniping. like shooting husks yeah he's just sniping dudes and like being a badass assassin like running away and just murking people and he like recognizes Shepard. He's like, oh, that's, uh, what does he call her? Shepard Commander mm. is what he calls her. And they like interact and uh, like you you bring him onto your team because he's like, hey, I need to go fight the heretics, um, which is not something you've been introduced to yet. The heretics being uh, the, the sect of the Geth that have decided to side with the Reapers, who like is by and large the only part of the Geth that you've interacted with yet. Mm. And I think that's by and large because the Geth operate like on almost the edge of the galaxy. Like they just try and like separate themselves out as far as they fucking can because they don't really want to like fuck with other um, like life forms. Mm-hmm. And not to mention the the places that they live aren't tied to like solar systems because they don't like need solar systems. Like they just build these like big stations and go like hang out in them. Yeah. It's, it's just so fucking cool. Um, anyway, so you do his like loyalty mission almost directly afterwards and you go and like, you go to this place that is a heretic geth station Mm -hmm. and, uh, what Legion is trying to do is he's trying to like deploy this virus that may kill all of the heretic geth or uh, pretty, pretty early on in the mission. He's like, Hey, I just realized we can probably convert them possibly. Um, and like the whole mission is just essentially a way to explain what the fuck the geth are. Um, and it's just so interesting every time, like. Shepard is confused and just like asks a question like wait like who are who are you and he's like I'm 
everybody. Like I'm the whole thing. Cause like the way that they described it is just so fucking cool. Uh, the way he described it, Legion described it. He's like, I'm any individual platform, meaning like a, a, a body that you see in the game of a geth is a perspective of one geth. Like, it is not person, it's a perspective. Like, mm, 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 give me more of that sci-fi. Love that, love that, love that. Uh, it's just such a cool way to, like, express what a hive mind is. Because, like, they truly are not individuals. They are just perspectives for one sort of larger AI. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, this sort of, like, goes to, like, show, like, why there is such stringent laws about creating ai in this like mass effect universe because shit like this just flies out of control really quickly yeah so that's amazing and like just his description of like you know we uh, i'm currently in communication with all these other sort of like geth uh minds essentially trying to figure out like should we kill all these other heretics or should we let them survive and like the whole time he's doing that you're like what do you guys think or like what do you think and he's well sort of undecided Mm -hmm. there's like this many geth that think this and this many geth that think that and he's like surprised as well when they go into databases of the heretic geth and he's like oh they seem to have like changed their mind about a couple of things that isn't how that worked the last time we talked Mm. and Shepard's like well you guys are like different people you separated from their like network and he's like this is surprising and like he he doesn't understand that like there there could be separated perspectives and concerns at this point Hmm. it's just so fucking cool i love every bit of this (laughs) um so that's all amazing loved all that good the uh, so i started playing mass effect 3 Mm -hmm. it is a really weird experience playing this game especially right after mass effect 2 i think mass effect 2 is still sort of like a better game it feels like mass effect 3 is still incredible and still like a very good game Mm -hmm. it just it just feels like 2 is maybe a little bit better in in a couple of like edge areas but i will say that the biggest thing that feels separate is like in mass effect 3 the sky is falling almost immediately yeah the overarching feeling in this game is like shit is fucked the reapers are here that first Um, that first uh set piece pretty mm-hmm. good yeah i think it's on earth yeah like you're on earth and like shit breaks bad mm-hmm. um real quick yeah and like that is sort of it's it's kind of a hard place to exist for me in this game mm-hmm. like th- there are very much like timed missions like you you have to go do this side mission now or you won't have another chance to do it because the reapers just like blew this place up or something mm-hmm. and like that layout for a game is weirdly stressful for me like <laughs> I very much am using a guide because I'm like, I kind of just want to be able to experience what this game has without having to worry that like, oh, those characters died because I didn't do it in the right order. It's like, you know how we've talked about how like the real endings in video games are sort of an annoying concept. Yeah. Because like oftentimes it's just a very specific set of things that you have to do that isn't necessarily intuitive. Mm -hmm. It feels sort of like the whole story is that. Like the whole thing is real endings. Like I need to kind of arbitrarily go and do these side missions because this one might die soon or this one, this planet might blow up or something Mm -hmm, like that. mm -hmm. And like, it's, it's good at driving home the point of like these characters you care about are in danger. Like that's a real thing in the game and it's communicating that very well, but it's just kind of a stressful experience to have for the whole game. Never lets up. Yeah. No, it really doesn't. And so like, I, I mean, I'm. I, it's it's weird because I feel like I'm sort of 
uh, harping on the game making me care about its planet's characters and settings so much that I'm like, come on, dude, you got to give me a little bit more fucking like time here. Mm-hmm. So it's like you, you they wrote the game too well. Sure, but sure. still, it's just something I noticed that was like kind of it, it makes me kind of unsettled. And like, I'm much more likely to go and play one and two again because it's like there's a problem out there, but I, I can go and hang out in the galaxy for a little bit. You got a little bit of time still. Yeah. Also, I just ran. I don't know if you ever played this, but uh, I just ran into the character Javik. Do you know who this is? Sounds very familiar. Javik in Mass Effect Three is a Prothean. Yeah, I remember. Javik. I didn't play this the first the first time through. Really? He's, he he was a DLC character, and so like you needed to pay for him to get him. Did I play him? I remember the name, but maybe I didn't get, in, interact with him if he was DLC character. Yeah, I don't know. I sh- I certainly didn't. But he's so important to the story, like. <laughs> He's literally the only living Prothean and like your interaction with him is so revealing about like how the Protheans were and like how they thought mm-hmm. and like their, uh, you know, interaction with the Reapers and stuff like that. I feel like throughout Mass Effect 1 and 2, like there's sort of this like respect and I don't know, almost glorification of the of the Prometheans. Protheans. Or Protheans, yeah, sorry. I'm, I think Prometheans is like the old aliens from Halo or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like there's almost this glorification of the Protheans of like this old ancient society and shit like that. But Javik wakes up, you like res- essentially just like open up his stasis pod mm-hmm. and he's like, fuck this, fuck everybody. I want to kill every Reaper that's around here. Like not this old cool alien. He's yeah. like, I am the, the fucking icon of vengeance and I want to kill these people. Damn, like, that's cool. He's really intense. Yeah. I'm the icon um, of vengeance. Damn. Well, it's like you had asked him some question about like, hey, like, you know, what, what, how do you fit into your whole society? And it's like, well, normally Protheans will all exist in some kind of like, I think, I can't remember exactly the words he said, but some kind of like characteristic of the race, right? Sure. Some people are peace or uh, like, you know, uh, science or something like that. But he's like, I'm like, I am vengeance. That was my fucking thing. I'm a soldier. I'm not a scientist. Like that Damn. was my whole deal. Just so intense. And he's like very pessimistic about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. He's like, we we left you all these fucking warnings and you guys didn't do anything. We we tried so hard to warn you and you didn't do shit. And like is just very mad. And mm-hmm. I like kind of like that. He's not just this old wise alien. He's like pissed off that like their plan didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, oh my God, it's just so good. Everything is so good about this video game. Yeah, that was probably 10 minutes of Mass Effect. So let me, let me segue away to a different video game real quick so i also played this game called slipways mm-hmm. this is a like pretty not I, I wouldn't call it an indie game i think it's only made by like one dude it's called it's made by beetle wing games mm-hmm. i think that's one person but beetle uh it's wings. like beetle wings beetle wing beetle wing beetle beetle wing yeah oh, okay i uh i think i got this recommended by kyle labriola who who's um rhythm doctor fame mm. yeah he like chimed in in one of the discords and was like hey i like this video game uh and i was like okay i'll give this a try and it uh sort of looks like kind of it looks like a little bit of Civ, a little bit mm-hmm. and it is mostly like a i don't know galactic trade simulator this may be close essentially the way that the game works is you start in like the center of some kind of galaxy or something like that you send out probes and like you'll see different planets on uh your like little map and uh you can just like colonize them like it's not it's not a war game at all there's no combat okay and uh you will the the planet essentially has depending on like what type of planet it has it'll either you can build certain shit right so like you can choose to make it a mining planet 
And mm-hmm. the, what that means is that the planet will need to take in certain resources and it will export resources as a result. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, it imports people because it needs, you know, people to like mine and then it'll export this like red stuff, red, red crystals um, as a, as something. Right? All right. And so the way that the game works is that you're essentially trying to make these different slipways, which is like wormholes, I guess, uh, between different planets to import and export different resources to make your like empire grow. Right. Mm-hmm. So like. In a very simple example, say there's three planets, one of them imports people, makes, you know, red crystals. The next one needs red crystals to make computer chips. Mm -hmm. Uh, The next planet needs computer chips to make wheat or something like that. Mm -hmm. You can chain all these together so that, you know, they're importing what they need to make what they export and then exporting what they need to some other planet. Sure. And so it's you, you essentially just build up this web of connections between different planets um, trying to like capitalize on what every everybody needs and what everybody like has and like that's pretty much the game like that's that's the whole thing um there's you know some technology that you can research of like kind of like civ right like you'll you'll build up points through certain like methods to build longer slip streams so you can get to farther planets mm-hmm. or uh you're able to like destroy planets if there's like one in the way like you there's like very much obstacles between certain places gotcha. and so it's mostly like a puzzle game i think that's like kind mm. of what it ends up feeling like okay um, cause there's not, they're not like conflict. Like there's no other like people trying to colonize the galaxy. It's just you. And there's like certain, I guess like benefactors, you could say like races that you draft as like people who are sending missions to you that'll like give you certain rewards through the game. But it's like mostly just a way to keep you going. It's fucking good. This is, this is a good video game. Mm-hmm. So like I've, I've been very into it and like definitely it feels like the Civ kind of game where you like can easily just put like an hour into the video game without even realizing what happened. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. So that's that's a good video game. Sounds good. I've also been playing Trials of Fire. Oh my gosh. David. This is a double indie pick of the week this week? There's there's more. Oh man. <laughs> a quad, triple? A quad? It might be a quad depending on how you qualify the next one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Trials of Fire. Take a guess at what kind of game this is. Deck building rogue like you got it baby that's this kind of game um, so trials of fire is uh this game made oh, by man. what boy games which i think is the studio of two dudes so far as i can tell oh, so we doubled the dudes for the studio over this doubled the dudes t- the the dudes so nice we duded them twice duded <laughs> sounds sounds rather blue it does sound a little blue, doesn't it? Um, so this one, let's see how to describe this. So the, the like kind of overworld map thing is you like have a couple of characters that you draft into your party. You go out on adventures and like there's like an over map that you can sort of like wander around in to do different shit and like do combat and do quests and like figure out the like main point of the quest that you're on for any given run. Right. So like most of them are like, hey, you need to find this person and do this thing. Like it's it's pretty simple. Right. And so you have to just like wander around until you find them and like get get the thing that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. The combat is sort of the the part of it that is interesting to yeah. me. Like that's the that's the sort of deck building roguelike part of it. Mm-hmm. That specific part of it is like I, I get that like deck building roguelike is definitely that description of it, but it plays a lot more something like Magic the Gathering and like Fire Emblem a little bit. Like you have these little tiles mm-hmm. that represent your characters that you have, and then you move them around a map like physically. Sure. And then their attacks and defense and all that sort of shit are just like separate decks that you draft for them. Gotcha. Um and so it's as if like there were three people playing Magic the Gathering against some other big person playing magic the gathering with like a lot better cards or something like that Mm -hmm. um and so that part of it is really unique and doesn't feel derivative of like the genre as a whole it also looks really good like the graphics look very good all right 
Uh, it's always nice. Like in, in the battle scenes, yeah. I'm like, this is very high polished. I'm not exactly sure why it looks so phenomenal, but mm-hmm. it does. So that part of it's really cool. Um, I am, of course, enjoying this game because, like, that's just my, uh, unfortunately, my shit. I will fall victim to this kind of video game every single time, but I think it is pretty good still. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I, I think it, like, just came out. Uh-huh. Like, it's kind of a recent release. And so there's, like, some stuff that's a little rough around the edges. Like, parts of the UI is a little are a little wonky, but, uh-huh. like... The core of the game, I think, is really good. And like, surprise, surprise. I know, I know. It's just, it's my whole fucking <laughs> shtick. So there's that. I will probably keep playing this. So I, I will check back in on what this is. Nice. Uh, also, hey David. Yeah. Griftlands came out for the Nintendo Switch. Oh, Switch port. Switch port. <laughs> not quite, not quite the same uh, gravitas of the Switch remaster. But no, yeah, it doesn't have quite the same thing. Switch. Yeah, port is a hard word to make sound cool. <laughs> so, I think Grifflands was on my last year's like game of the year, if I remember correctly. It was one of them, yeah. Yeah, because like, damn, this game is good. And it came out on the Switch. And so I, like the, the dipshit that I am, uh, repurchased this video game. A game that I already own. I have already beaten and played many times. Mm. And I'm like, yes, thank you. I will have another of those. Why not? It's still really fucking good. I haven't played this game in like the full 1.0 release. And so there are some new things that I'm like, oh, that wasn't there before. Or like, this is a little bit more fleshed out. Uh For those of you who haven't played it, uh, Grifflands is like another deck building roguelike where you like take part a little bit more in like a narrative thing. Like it isn't just like go from one battle to the next. It's very much like, you know, you go do specific missions and those missions have story consequences and you can uh, be liked and hated by certain characters in this little town and then when you die all that resets and you can do it all over again to sort of explore different parts of the narrative and where that goes there you go which is all phenomenal uh love love Griftlands. i don't have a lot to say if you need to hear what i think about this i think i talked about this last year but like <laughs> refer to episodes whatever yeah. insert episode here yeah. i don't remember at all but like it's it's just a good fucking video game and i'm so happy it's on switch hell yeah it like obviously runs a little bit less good than it does on like a computer, but still fucking good, still playable and like fun and good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep playing fucking Grifflands. That's just what it is, baby. Do you, baby. <laughs> uh, the final game that I've played this week, David. Mm-hmm. It's called Time Spinner. Time you may remember this spinner. from last week when we were like looking up what Chucklefish video games have done. Ah, uh, yes. yes. You said this looks cool. If I remember correctly, and it is and was because I've beaten Time Spinner. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. This has been a very heavy video game week for me personally. <laughs> you plowed through. I've played a lot of video games. Um, so. Did you like go back to Sacramento and just like reabsorb <laughs> the video game power? I went back to my roots where I drew my power runes from. From a Bobby's house. <laughs> the old uh, yeah, runes I... <laughs> powered me once again. These runes still have power. Uh, so, uh, Time Spinner is a Metroidvania. It is much more on the Vania side of that, that equation. I'm into that. So, like, a lot more physical combat, mm-hmm. um, and you sort of, like, can interact with different kinds of physical combat, so that's really cool. It has huge Chrono Trigger energy, which I really like. Mm, all right. The, the way the game breaks down is essentially you've got this, like, map. It's a 2D game. It's kind of combat-y, um, and you'll run through these maps trying to figure out, like, what's happening in the story, and you want to complete your mission as a time spinner. Do you, like... So, the concept behind time spinners is that there's, like... That's uh, so fucking cool. Time spinners are these people who will go through time and, like dimensions essentially to try and protect their people 
Um, there's like, there, it seems like the, the people whose like kind of tribe you're a part of are folks who are like on the run. Mm-hmm. They're trying to elude this like empire that's ruling over this planet. And what happens is these certain time spinners will go through time to try and like warn other people of like, Hey, this fucked up thing has happened. They caught us essentially. And those people then live in that tribe in this like kind of altered timeline. And like in, in their old timeline, they're essentially like erased, which is just fucking nuts. Whoa. So like there's all these like audio logs. Or not audio logs, but like text logs of like this person showed up at her village and they were like really emotional because they saw who was their like partner in the last like timeline so that like they came back from. Back to the future style rules. Kind of. Yeah. It's like, you know, this person isn't, they, they aren't who they were to you here. Mm. Or like, you know, this person had a son that was a different person in this timeline. Like it's just an entirely different thing. So like that whole lore is just phenomenal. Cool. Anyway, the game opens with like your tribe just getting fucked and you have to go through time and like try and like defeat the empire. Right. Again, very pretty standard like Metroidvania of like, okay, this is the area and you have these little orbs that you can fight with. Uh, the orbs are like fire or iron or water or uh, any of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's fucking good. You go like, you go very far back in time, a couple of like Uh places. So you can warp between like the present and the very far past. Cool. And so there's like, like I said, very chrono trigger shit of like, you'll defeat a big enemy and that'll have like very big plot consequences. Mm. Um, and so like stuff will have changed in the present given Mm -hmm. your, your changes in in the past. Oh yeah. So that's, that stuff is phenomenal. It's not a particularly long game. It's only like four or five hours, Mm -hmm. but pretty fucking good. Oh, yeah. uh, really satisfying, like just a, a real great example of a Metroidvania. Mm-hmm. I think the there are high points and low points of the story. I think the way that they explain things are really interesting. I think the characters themselves are really cool. Yeah. The the sort of like theme of the game, it has a little bit of this like both sidesism that's kind of frustrating at points of like, actually, the Empire isn't all that bad. Mm-hmm. They were just in the past. They were this person and they themselves were running from a different mm-hmm. group of people and stuff like that. Shades and like gray. I think it is trying to do shades of gray and sometimes it succeeds and sometimes it just sort of feels like they're trying not to come down on one side the empire did like objectively shitty shit yeah and like sure sure. they're still like well but maybe they were you know victims of their own sort of like all that stuff so making excuses kind of what it felt like anyway this is this is a good video game i like this video game not particularly long worth a play if you're into metroidvanias at all i am into metroidvanias i'll check it out this will all bring me to my optimistic thing of the week david 50 minutes in here we go I am sorry, listeners who prefer a short episode. This is not this that ain't one. It. <laughs> it is the humble double jump, David. Ooh, the humble double jump. The double jump. Mm. At some point, a video game designer said, I would like one more of those, please. The jump so nice. You did we it. programmed twice. it twice. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good double jumps and like, especially in Metroidvanias where they're like, mm. hey, that platform, that's too high, my friend. You can't get up there. The double jump, however, lets you get up there. Gotta come back once you can break physics. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when you can push your body up higher on something, exactly. air maybe. Air, wings. <laughs> you get like a, maybe you get like a, a booster pack. Something yeah. that gives you some, that little bit of extra height that you need to get up there. It's really good. I love a good double jump. A good double jump um, is pretty amazing. I would go over some games, but we get, we got to keep fucking moving. This train's got to keep going. <laughs> we got to scoot. David, ha- is there anything fueling your sense of podimism this week? Oh, yeah. 
And it is Adam Sessler. Oh, absolutely. I agree. I think I might have done this one before, but he's back. It's okay. We'll we'll take it twice. That's totally fine. G4 is back on YouTube. It is. Um, and if anybody doesn't know, Adam Sessler is a, a former host for a, a, a gaming-centric review show on G4 television that Chase and I watched many hours of as young children, young boys. It was like a, a base experience for our like gaming upbringing. Yeah, for for guys of our age who would yeah. call themselves gamers, this was a very <laughs> shared experience was this show and this person in particular, Adam Sessler. Yeah. But it's just so nice having him back reviewing games again it just feels mm-hmm. when i listen to a review of his it just feels like i'm putting on like a, a, a nice warm uh pair of socks right out of the dryer you know just, just super like comforting. just like mama used to make just em. like mama used to make them <laughs> you know there's there's some uh hot apple cider on the stove yeah. it's a little chilly outside i'm yeah. just gonna go and watch some X-Play, baby. I, I totally feel it i was we were just pulling up his review of the new ratchet and clank game uh, before we started recording, <clears throat> um, and it felt like I was sent to another dimension for just a moment. Pun intended, a rift apart, hey. or whatever that game is named. Rift, um, rift apart. So it's supposed to sound rift, like ripped apart a fart, I think is what they're going for. Is that really the case? Are they still doing the like butt jokes in these titles? So. Oh, God, Ratchet and Clank. Rift apart. Say fast. <laughs> rift apart. And anyways. That's it. Anyways, uh, it's it's very nice hearing the the tones of Adam Sessler reviewing video games. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a pretty he's a pretty smart dude, and so it's nice to hear him talk about video games again. Yeah, I respect his opinions, so it's good to good to have yeah. him back in the space. Yeah, I'm very happy. Mm-hmm. David, you want to move on to our main thing? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. So this episode is very much a sequel to the last week's episode. Mm. Mm -hmm. Last week, I mentioned how cool Time Spinners was. This week, played and beaten it. Um, (laughs) Last week, we mentioned how cool the video game Coded Arms was. This week, we're doing a good games on it. (laughs) Good games being, of course, the segment where we uh, remember the okayest games of yesteryear and gush all the things that we love about them. Yeah, we're here. We're here. It's Coded Arms time. Mm -hmm. We both played this game, if I remember correctly. This was like one of my most anticipated games up until this point in my life when this came out. Yeah. Of 2005. I was a young, impressionable lad. Yeah. Same. Mm-hmm. I was ready. I was open to coded arms. Let me hit you with a few of those hot stats to, to kind of set the stage, David. Yeah, let's hear it. Hot stats. Hot stats. Okay. So coded arms, the video game, came out July 6th of 2005 for the PlayStation Portable console. The PSP, man. The PSP. I don't know if we've done a PSP game yet. There's so many that would qualify. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> That's a that's a tre- treasure trove right there. <laughs> a treasure trove of okay video games. Yeah, pretty much. So the PSP had only been out since March. So this came out like three or four months later. So it was supposed to be a killer app for the PSP, if I remember yes, correctly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You were like, I got to get Coded Arms and Ridge Racer mm-hmm. and like, something else. Some, some Luminous? Luminous. That was actually a pretty good Luminous video Luminous was good. 
Metal yeah, Gear Acid? Yeah, quality puzzle. Metal Gear Acid was on there. Yeah, that's true. So like like last week, um, this game would be made by Konami as well. Mm-hmm. As we mentioned last week, this was uh, Konami's responsible for your Metal Gear Solids, your Castlevanias, your Bok Ties, The Sun is in Your Hands, Zone of the Enders, Coded Arms again. Kojima. And your son- it's, uh, Kojima was in there. Kojima was definitely in Konami. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were responsible for a lot of games, but those are sort of the, the biggies, yeah. the biggies here. Mm-hmm. I do have a review from the royalty themselves. Joe Video? Joe Video. They have returned. The kings and queens over at Joe Video. I have taken their review of Coded Arms. I have mangled it through Google Translate, so as many languages as we could find, uh, and then spat it back out in English. Would you like to hear, David, what they had to say about Coded Arms? Yes. When I tried them in TGS 2004 and close to a year later for the first time, I was not surprised by the deceived hands. Much better. There's no spirit of animal hunting in the game design, which cleverly shows the enemy's AI can be allowed in the monster's mouth. There are not enough weapons and improvements to hide the perfect lock lack of inertia and the desire to combine different functions. No need to spend time looking for routines. 4.5 out of 10. Apparently Joe did not like this game very much dunked on get dunked get wrecked coded arms pretty much hey david yes <laughs> the fuck is this video game it was supposedly sony's killer app for the psp mm-hmm. it was a first person shooter uh set within a hacker computer world digital, digital cyberspace digital cyberspace where you're trying <laughs> to hack into like a essentially like a darpa ai program pretty much yeah because there's great promising rewards of cash if you <laughs> for some reason make it through this ai of aliens that will try to kill you it's aliens for some reason as well this i think this so, yeah. military ai has decided to populate its defense mechanism with not very well explained but I do have it on, in the wiki if you want me to give you a little background on this one. Why not? Yeah, hit me with it. So essentially this like military train. You're pretty close. The military training simulator, I- Ida, A-I-D-A. It's like this long abandoned military like training simulation. Mm-hmm. And there's all this like very valuable data in like the core of it. And so all these like computer hackers like try and get in there. And it's essentially this training program for soldiers. And so they have to like be a good enough soldier to get to like the core of the AI. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's that's the base setup. There's a couple of little little wrinkles in the story that I can touch on in a second here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you 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 were pretty much there. Gotcha. Cool. Um, but it's the the big draw of the game is that it is a portable first person shooter. Yes. Which up until then was really not a thing mm-hmm. and was not a thing that was done well if it was attempted. Yeah, um, that's correct. PSP and its hubris decided I have one nub. <laughs> <laughs> to to provide decent motion control with so i will attempt a a first person shooter that is portable on a system that you can put in your pocket look up in the sky it's a good first person shooter for the psp if yet we could just fly on these wax wings <laughs> to go gather it to go get that video pretty game. much pretty <laughs> much um mixed very mixed results mixed to maybe not so great results normally with Mm -hmm. this game in my opinion Mm. uh but still had some good stuff in there was that a roguelike david i have a lot of good good feelings about this video game and that is one of them i was about to say i remember i i remember being confused by its structure as a kid Yes. But now that I look back on it i'm pretty sure it was a roguelike right it the levels are procedurally generated yeah so like 
you go through and each of the maps is new every time because it's just pulling from a, a sort of a different like base of map parts mm-hmm. like not unlike hades yeah like there are maps that you will see over and over again so sort of like what order those happen in and like when you sh- when you show up to them mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's procedurally generated and you have to like get through each of these like levels uh, not unlike a hades mm-hmm. in in a similar way uh if we're if we're moving into gushing whoa <laughs> Whoa, Kuna. I mean, it's 2005, dude. Yeah, they were kind of ahead of their time with this <laughs> with this, uh, this type of game, honestly. Like, procedural generation was not really a thing people were doing at the time at all. No, not even close. Certainly not well. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there were parts of this, right? Like, games have done this before where the dungeon is different each time you go into it. Mm-hmm. But like, I think in this, this level of polish was definitely something interesting coming to like a very much popular genre at the time. Yeah. You know, I feel like a lot, you see a lot of procedural generation in like RPG dungeon crawlers and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But not necessarily in a first person shooter. And like, again, it's 2005, dude. Like this is shooter time. Yeah. Yeah. It is shooter. Shooters rule the world at this time, even more so than they do nowadays. Yeah, it, it definitely. So yeah, it was... It was an interesting direction to take it, which mm-hmm. I think maybe uh, people gamers weren't ready for back then. <laughs> potentially, another uh, Back to the Future reference. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Marty McFly came back and programmed uh, coded arms. arms. Yet, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the old heads in you are gonna love it. T- Twenty years, from now. <laughs> your kids are gonna love this. Yeah, yeah. It was procedurally generated. I love that. Mm-hmm. I, okay, so I played coded arms. I in quotation marks got my PlayStation Portable out and played my copy of Coded Arms. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to like experience this game a little bit with the 2021 20, uh, eyes. Let's get this part of it out of the way. The controls are bad. <laughs> that is a true yeah. thing about this video yeah. game. I like as optimistically as I possibly can say, the controls are really, really rough. Yeah. They don't feel good at all. Yeah, I remember that was a, a pretty big non-starter for me. <laughs> yeah. When I was like 13, I was I barely had control of my hands back then. <laughs> <laughs> they essentially said, okay, so we've got a left analog stick. We can tie that to movement. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Uh, what do we do about the right analog stick? That seems to be something that's needed. And they said, you know what? We got face buttons. Let's put the right analog stick on the face buttons. And so Konami to look up, and the hubris. <laughs> their wax wings uh, have brought them far too uh, close to the sun. Uh, um, they, they put the right analog, or what would be the right analog stick on the buttons. So like, yeah. if you want to look up, you, got, you press triangle. If you want to look down, you press X and left and right with square and circle. And so like that doesn't feel super good. It's a cursed phrase you just said. It's, it's a pretty cursed layout huh? scheme for sure. There were alternate ones. Uh, they all did of give you a st- lot of options. They did. None of them were very good. <laughs> None of them worked quite well. No, because it was essentially just different variations on that. You mm-hmm. could have like look left and right on the left analog stick, but then your strafe left and right would be the circle and square button. Yeah. Which very is, confusing. That's not, that's not good, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's let's get that out of the way. That that was not a particularly great part of this video game. Yeah. However, David, mm-hmm. I have replayed Coded Arms in the year 2021, uh-huh. and it is my pleasure to report back to you. This game bangs, David. It bangs. Coded Arms is a good video game. Whoa. <laughs> I was shocked, David. Huh? Shocked, I tell you. Really? If, 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 like, if you can get through the control part, it's fucking good. I believe it. It's 
It's a good video game. Uh -huh. The AI kind of stinks. That's okay. It's compensating for you not being very good at controlling the game. Yeah, ex exactly. <laughs> I was watching a but playthrough like of it. And it just made me laugh because the first thing that I saw was just mm -hmm. generous auto aim and a guy just yes. like shooting someone like in the lower right torso, <laughs> just like not on target at all. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Sorry, absolutely continue. Not. Yeah, um, it's pretty fucking good. Like, I think it itched the roguelike itch for me. Mm. Like, you, you go in and you have nothing but like a pistol, right? Yep. And you're like fighting these monsters and they'll essentially drop different weapons from time to time. And so it feels like that part of a roguelike where you're getting dealt out a certain amount of stuff based on luck. Mm -hmm. All the guns are pretty fun to shoot. They feel like they feel good mm. to, to do the shooting. And you're right. There is a, a significant amount of auto aim yeah. in this in this game. So like you kind of just get close enough and that'll, that'll work. Mm -hmm. It's got a lot of Metal Gear Solid DNA in there. Sure. Like the UI, the shooting feels like a Metal Gear Solid game. Mm -hmm. Like the sound effects, like the sounds of you picking shit up sounds like stuff from Metal Gear. They're like, or like all that sort of stuff. Sure, sure. It's just very, very Metal Gear Solid. But yeah, I was like, damn, this is pretty good. Absolutely, absolutely shocked by this video game. All right. So you're saying I should dig out my PSP and replay this game? I think it'd be worth it. It's better than I thought it was going to be. I was genuinely sort of coming into this like, okay, like this is going to be fine, but a little uh -huh. fun, little jaunt down memory lane. No fun this video game the fun found you the fun found me i didn't have to look for it at all mm -hmm. it was just there hanging out so was was coded arms just ahead of its time should they remake coded arms <laughs> i don't know it so it is good in like with historical context i think sure if you just put this game out now i think it would be a little bit like underwhelming a little bit but it reminds me a lot of like uh, uh like void bastards do you remember that game i played like maybe a year mm, ago yeah um came out on the switch and was like kind of a similar thing right like a lot of a lot of roguelikey stuff mm -hmm. but like the core of the game is pretty similar like going through these places and sort of having to challenge enemies in certain ways picking up different drops i uh, the sidebar i love the way that they name the items in this video game they're all like uh computer files gun.dmg <laughs> healthpack.mmid or hth or anything like that <laughs> like just so fun i love that but yeah it was like it it was more fun than i was expecting it to be so like if to your point if you put this out today i think it would be need like a little bit a little bit more maybe but like it's kind of it's kind of there already like if you if you showed this to somebody and said this is the 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 concept for, for my video game like you could if you just added a little bit of like meta progression and like other stuff to it like that's pretty close mm -hmm. to like a modern release sure just need some more boons it needs a couple of boons spice it up a Dude. bit <laughs> What's the Tim and Eric thing where um, Steve Brule is begging for people to send them their bones? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> it's like, send us some bones for Richard Dunn. He's the old wobbly guy. He needs some new bones. Send, send us your bones. bones. Needs some new bones. He's an old wobbly guy. <laughs> Good line. Uh, Good line. God, Zacharias is a tough, uh, soft little guy. Send him some booms. <laughs> David, what do you what do you remember fondly about coded arms? Oh, good question. I remember enjoying the rocket launcher. Yes, feels the very good. The rocket launcher was quite good. Yeah. I enjoyed the theme. Yeah. Kind of like the yeah. hacker, kind of early 2000s, kind of hacker punk deep, It's deeply the Matrix. Deeply the there. Matrix, yeah. And I just remember really appreciating what it tried to set out to do back then. 
<laughs> yeah. It, it didn't hit the yeah. mark because yeah. I think it's easier to go back to it now knowing what it is mm-hmm. as opposed to then where it was really kind of trying to sell itself as a legitimate first person shooter on sure. a portable system yeah. when it just wasn't quite there with the control scheme. Um, and like Halo was out. Yeah. Halo was a thing that existed. <laughs> Halo existed. So like so we knew, done we, been knew good. what we yeah. were missing out on. But I, I, I love that it it, tr- it it went for it and yeah. i think that everything was there it just was really hard to control like i do remember mm-hmm. like, having fun with it but getting really frustrated with it which made yes. me even more frustrated because i'm like there's a good game here yeah i just can't quite access it with my with my stupid little teenage hands <laughs> um and this silly little psp yeah but i think that's i think that's the, that's the most that I can really optimistically <laughs> say about it. I'm glad that yeah. you revisiting it was like, what kind of corroborated what I thought was yeah. there as a kid. And now I'm interested in going back and playing it again. Yeah. But yeah, more than anything, when I was younger, I thought like, man, what a, what a missed opportunity <laughs> because it, it had a good, had good bone, had good bones. Quality bones and <laughs> coated <Quality> arms. Bones. <laughs> uh, but just was missing the most important part of a, shooter which is the ability to aim aim <laughs> aiming was hard aiming is like the bottom of the pyramid but everything else i think was there i totally agree that like in at the time in like 2005 like my ability to contrast what was in existence and what had even happened yet was really limited like mm. first person shooters were like the thing in 2005 every game was doing some shooting yeah and so like when they're trying to do that, then it's like your your brain is so much like, God, I just wish it was like all the other shit. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting uh, playing it now because like, I don't know, I almost don't give a shit about that as much now. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it can feel bad. That's okay. Like, I'm not, I think because it marketed itself so heavily as like the first person shooter on a handheld device. Yeah. That's what you're comparing it against. And because like there was such a leap very recently in that sort of technology, it was like, damn, this feels like a letdown. But it feel it felt like going back to Turok. Yes. No, absolutely. You know? Like the, the sort was. of N64 yeah. thing where you like have control of your body, but if you want to aim, it's just so finicky and difficult mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I said in 2021, like I don't know. Like, I don't know if my tolerance for shitty controls are just higher Mm -hmm. or if like I was able to enjoy the other shit a little bit more. Exactly. Yeah. Sort of counterbalanced the the frustrating control stuff. And you're removed from the hype and the expectation. Definitely. Yeah. Like I was expecting this game to be really bad, honestly. (laughs) Like that may be part of it is that I like my expectation was just so low that it exceeded them as opposed to uh, not meeting them. Like I did the yeah. first time. Yeah, I, I I was I was pretty surprised by that, mm-hmm. and so I'm happy that I I sort of balk at like ever describing shit at a as ahead of its time. Honestly, this was though. It kind of feels like it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's something that I I, I don't want to describe because it feels like it it's selling the designer short of kind of knowing what was going on at the time enough mm-hmm. and saying like oh you just were you were too smart for your own good or something like that. But it really does feel like that. Some of the ideas in here are like wouldn't become popular for quite a while. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really really interesting playing it this year. Um, can I also give a nice little shout out to the right 
bumper trigger on the PSP. Mm. Nice and clicky. Very tactile. PSP was also a nicely built system. It was a Switch. It was. It's a Switch, David. <laughs> it's a Switch <laughs> Lite or whatever that is yeah, that right now. Yeah. A mini like, Switch it's, Lite. It's so weird to think about this under the context of like the Switch is such a, like one of the best selling systems Nintendo has made. And like people have just gone bonanzas for this this thing. And yet the PSP is very much viewed as like this little piece of junk. PSP also ahead of its time. PSP was dank. Yeah, there was some good <laughs> stuff on there. I liked my PSP. Yeah. Yeah. I need to buy a Vita. I need to make sure that it doesn't slip through my hands. There's not much there's, there's not much on the Vita from what I know, right? From what I understand, the Vita is a very hackable system. And oh. you can get some good stuff on the Vita. You're gonna access the DARPA network and get some of that good shit on there. I'm gonna hack into the Lale Lule Low <laughs> and see if I can't get the pa- the pa- the Patriots. The pa- the Patriots, the, yeah. Is that in Metal Gear Solid? Yeah. The Patriots. We are the Patriots. Lale Lule Lo. Yeah. What did they do? They control the world. I need to play Metal Gear Solid again. After having playing played Mass Effect, there's probably a significant amount of Metal Gear Solid that was just absolutely above my comprehension. They were pretty much the Illuminati. And then they became the yes. like AI Illuminati in the fourth one. Yeah. I David, I played Metal Gear Solid 2 probably like ten to twenty times through. Huh? Didn't didn't get that part of it <laughs> didn't grasp that part of the video game that's that's the beauty of kojima baby that's the video that's the beauty of chuds playing kojima you can play the game have a good time but all the the meta commentary goes right over our mm-hmm, heads mm-hmm. anyway so that's that's coded arms uh wait can i give a shout out yeah, yeah, yeah. to its manic music oh absolutely it is very early mid 2000s hacker music <laughs> it's pretty it nails it pretty hard This is rave music, David. I'm really, it really, rave. <laughs> really is rave music. Like I'm hacking a mainframe in like a European, like German rave house or something. So like, yeah, there is a mob boss who like like kidnapped me because I'm a very good hacker. Yeah. And he like some big dude <laughs> sat me down at the table and he's like, "Do your job," and then I like have to go through the hack and there's like people partying and doing drugs in the background uh-huh. he's like this is where you hack into the main frame mm-hmm. and then i have to do this and this music is playing in the background or it sounds like the music that would play like when you're having a shootout in a club or something mm-hmm. that happens that definitely happens afterwards yeah there you go okay it's the it's they the like prelude d- up to it they don't realize but i'm able to like spawn guns on myself because i'm mm. such a good hacker what a, what a what a good hack could be a thing one day just get some 3d printers on your hands yeah print some guns real quick anyway so hell yeah no the music is pretty good i'm glad i'm glad you brought that up mm-hmm. we couldn't couldn't be video game optimism without a, a diatribe about the good Gotta talk about the good mid-2000s <laughs> music yeah uh just a, a quick a quick shout out at the end here the the story was pretty nuts like mm. i think there's there's this suggestion early on that there's this thing called the Achiba syndrome. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if you're in the 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 system too long, you get infected with this and you won't be able to like return to the real world. Whoa. That like your consciousness has become corrupted. That's pretty hell. That's pretty sci-fi. Hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Huh? Love that. Like I said, two more. Thank you. you give me more. <laughs> Uh, the, the end of the Wikipedia on the story section did say, upon defeating what appears to be the final boss and collecting all upgrades and special weapons, the player is given access to the simulator's root kernel. However, the simulator uh, malfunctions and electrocutes the hacker's body in reality. After 
The credits end. It is revealed that the hacker survived and became infected with the Achiba syndrome, trapping their consciousness ins- inside Ada, permanently forcing them to survive an infinite number of levels in the game's final sector, Infinity. Damn. Dark a ending. Little exi- a little bit of a dark existential ending. Wow. Like they're just stuck in the simulation trying not to die. That's brutal. Yeah. Love that. Very cool. Don't try to steal shit. Moral of the story. <laughs> This was actually just a big ad for anti-torrenting and uh, <laughs> piracy in the early 2000s. <laughs> you wouldn't steal alien technology. Would you download alien technology? Would you Would you download the valuable data stored inside this military simulation? <laughs> you will? Oh, well, I guess you're just going to be stuck in there forever, being tormented until you die. Guess you got a Chiba syndrome, my dude. Chiba. Anyway, so that's this video game, Coded Arms. It's good. It's good. Hey, David. Hey, Chase. Uh, we're on Twitter. If you would like to communicate with us, mm-hmm. you can do that there. We're at Pontimism. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to say a thing or note a thing or tell us what uh, video game you're Pontimistic about and uh, would like us to cover, that's a thing we can do. Or if you have any very good dating simulators, we're still taking suggestions for that for an upcoming episode. Five episodes? Five episodes? Okay. I got to get I on think. that. Yeah, play a few. Sims. Play a few of them. Yeah. Uh, if you would like to... Help us out. An easy way to do that is uh, one of two things. You can give us a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps get the word out. Big Papa Tim Tim Apple says, hey, this cool podcast got a new review and then shows it to his friend. And he's like, you like video games? And then <laughs> they're like, no, but I have the power to show this to more people. And they do. Timmy Apps. Timmy Apples. Timmy Apps. Is, uh, he's in control of the whole dang thing. Mm-hmm. Another option is to uh, show it to a friend of yours. Say, hey, friend, I think you might like this podcast. You like video games. You like optimism-based media. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can show it to them, and they'll be like, this sucks. And then you can be like, well, that's a little rude, but that's okay. That's fair. But that's a success in our book. You went out, you went on a limb, shared something that's a little underground. We are an indie podcast. Chase's indie well, pick indie. of the week. That we are the indie we pick of the week. That is true. week every week for all of you all. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, yeah. So yeah, uh, also, as a final note, thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks. We appreciate you spending your minutes, your ear minutes, mm-hmm. with us here. We know that you could listen to a, a multitude of other video game podcasts, but you're deciding to be here mm-hmm. this week. Um, so thanks for that. We we really appreciate it. We love making this, and we will continue making this uh, if it's just Garen listening. But uh, it's, it's a pleasure that <laughs> there's more of you. I have a podcast for one. <laughs> Do you guys have any single serve podcast just for one person? <laughs> it just deletes itself after it gets downloaded. Just trying to single dose this podcast. So yeah, uh, all, all of that stuff is true. So thanks. Thank you for being here. David. Yes. Might you have any gaming wisdom or any gaming lessons that you've learned this week? Hmm. Lesson learned. Just, just in case you want to switch that up. If you see a young youth mm. who seems strung out on drugs, yeah, just steer clear. Okay. Just steer clear. What was the context here? Uh, Disco Elysium. <laughs> ah, yes. Yeah. Because they will make fun of you and that will deplete your your morale. They will make fun of you and they will yell that you are assaulting them in a very inappropriate way. way. Die and as a result. You might die as a result. Um, or, you know, just skip that whole issue altogether and just not be an alcoholic with amnesia. Yeah, that's pretty it's cool, too. too. You know, if you, if you, if you uh, drink alcohol uh, wait, it, with responsibly is good. It's fine. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 
or and you know it amnesia is probably not in your control so maybe just you know yeah have a have a responsible relationship with uncle yeah that's also a thing yeah. you can do, do your thing everything yeah. in moderation i think that's what i'm sure. going for yeah i get that i get that david mm-hmm. that's really good gaming wisdom You're welcome anyway so that's that's our show <laughs> um next week we'll have next week next week we'll have joe video games oh. on our show <laughs> wow what a get joe video games is big i emailed them and (laughs) all of them all all of joe not joe video but joe joe video games oh Um, all joes who play video games uh yeah they i was asking if they were like if they would like to come on the show and they said we can't just have one of them these are only perspectives rather than the core of joe you're saying joe is are the gap the joe wasn't (laughs) Joe was invented by the Quarians to try and help them build ships, but then Joe eventually won that war and pushed the Quarians out into the migrant fleet, the flotilla, and now they are adrift in space. I love Mass Effect, David. I started out making a joke about Joe trying to make an outro, now I'm just back in Mass Effect. I love this fucking video game. Uh, We love you. Also, goodbye. Goodbye.